Hey everybody, welcome back to Singing from Scratch, Learning How to Sing with Michael Graves. And today I'm going to do some uh, q and I'm taking some questions that were asked of me um, by some of my uh, subscribers and so forth, and um, from YouTube and Quora and so forth, right? The first question actually is from a guy named David Elrod, who requested me to answer this on Quora. As a singer, how long do you spend recording vocals for a single track? Well, that actually depends upon the song that I'm singing, how familiar I am with it, and uh, how well, how long I've been singing it and so forth, if I wrote it or if someone else wrote it. If I wrote it, I'm pretty familiar with it because I'm the one that came up with it. If it's somebody else, then what I usually do is I will go over the song um, until I feel extremely comfortable with it, and then we'll go ahead and record it. And sometimes I don't have that luxury, just doing studio work. You just walk in, and you read the part, and you read the music, and you do what you can do with it. But the amount of takes is what it is there, because um, that's what it comes down to, is how long do you spend recording vocals for a single track it comes down to how many takes you have to do. Because when you, when you screw up, then you have to take do another take. Um, or you'll do several takes, and then those will get spliced together or cut together and so forth and so on. So usually for me, it takes about anywhere from, eh, I would say, anywhere from one to five takes of a particular line, phrase, or song. Sometimes I go straight through the song, and that's it. That's what you do, and it just came out right. A lot of it also depends upon um, how well rested, how well fed, and how aware I am, how much coffee I've had. Uh, depending upon the time of the day, if it's in the morning. Because if you're a little tired, or you're a little distracted, or you're not really all with it, then you can you can screw up and go, okay, well, God, I messed it up again, or I screwed it up again, or whatever, so forth and so on. And you go back and you do another take and so forth. Um, I try to be as well-rested and as well-prepared as I can when I go into a, a session. And uh, really what it comes down to is... Sometimes it just sometimes it just jives. Sometimes it's just there, man. It, everything just just comes together, and it's just it's great in one take. Uh, another thing that can contribute to it is how well the backing tracks that I'm singing to, if they're well produced, and I can really get the feel of the song, then I can get into it and essentially coincide with the communication. In other words, we did, it just the, the 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 communication itself is just between between me or with between and or with me and the backing tracks will give me the sense of how immersed I am in the song to where I then can just sing it straight out like it's a performance because really what you're doing is you're performing and you're performing to uh, an audience that you are making up or that you will probably never meet. And so therefore you have to then visualize that ob that audience and get a kind of a conceptual idea, you know. I talk about conceptual placement in singing from scratch as the second element of singing where you get the concept of the note before you sing it. Well, that also works with um, having someone to sing to. That's the toughest part sometimes when recording stuff is you have a having an audience to sing to has to be the you have to make it up so that you can uh, make up or pretend that you're doing a performance, and therefore the song comes out all right. So I would say probably one to one to five takes, depending upon the material, depending upon how aware and how um, awake I am, uh, how well I then jive with the music, and also how well I can conceptually, you know, make up in my head 
the the audience that I'm singing to. And so there's that's pretty much what it comes down to there. The next question is from Malik Lindell Taylor Allen, and I hope I got that right. And how will I know if I have reached my falsetto? Well, the best way to answer that question is, is there is no such thing as falsetto. Falsetto, literally from the word false and false voice, means it is a fake voice or a false voice. You literally have one voice. Your vocal cords make the voice, and then you have uh, zones of resonance that you can then divide and combine that resonance. Because resonance itself is how the sound bounces around inside after it leaves your vocal cords, how it bounces around inside your throat, your mouth, and your nose, right? Those would be the three voices, the throat voice, the mouth voice, and the nose voice. I did them as that so you could tell what they are, and this is actually the fourth element of singing from Singing From Scratch. And you can go online to www.singingfromscratch.com and check out all the online courses that I have in regards to singing. Um, but what happens is, is that a falsetto is just a high nose voice, mostly nose voice, and um, mouth voice combined. Some people call falsetto the head voice. Again, it is a false voice because there is no such thing as a head voice because there is no, you have a, your voice is your throat and there's no resonance actually happening up inside your head because if you have a brain, then you are not resonating sound in that cavity. That cavity should be filled with a brain. So the highest open cavities in the in your skull, mouth, head, above the neck area it, um, it is going to be in the nasal cavities and in the nose, right? So that's up in here, ah, right? Now, falsetto is just basically singing a high pitch ah, up into the nose voice. Now, you can actually sing a high pitch, right, with the throat voice, ah, Right now, I'm putting, I'm basically dropping my tongue and my jaw like a yawn. Oh, and I am uh, creating the resonance in using all my throat, mouth, and nose all at the same time with a higher pitch. The pitch is created by your throat and the tension of your vocal cords, which are actually vocal flaps, which are mucous membranes that flap together to vibrate and create sound waves that are then heard by the other person or people or microphone, etc. Okay. Now, the falsetto is was determined by or delineated by, and traditionally is delineated by the break in the voice as you get up in there because of this. It sounds like this. Oh. Right, you hear that break? Um, all right. Now that break happens because the sound is then backing up against the vocal cords and then has a break to where it goes into the nose voice, right? Or um, and gets that resonance back there. The way you do this, the way you avoid this is and putting it into your nose and mouth voice is to and in the higher pitches is to open up and drop the mouth, drop the back of your mouth, your tongue back in your mouth a little bit to create some more room for the air and the sound waves, because that's what it is, is air is sound is airwaves, to bounce without bouncing back down and creating a break. So you would open up and then do your pitch, right? So if I'm going, oh, I gotta back out a little bit more. Oh, you'll feel a tension 
where it would break. And wherever you feel that tension, you just back it out a little bit. So if I don't back it out enough, but you can still hear a slight break, like the first time, is like this. Oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't open up enough. So if I open up, oh, and drop the tongue back and allow the muscles to not bounce with the sound, then that's how you get out of that falsetto or getting away from a false voice like a falsetto or a head voice, okay? So I know that probably wasn't um, the answer you were looking for because it says, how will I know if I've reached my falsetto? You reach what's commonly known as falsetto after you break. Oh, there, I'm in falsetto, quote unquote, right? So you can do that. You know, there's a there's a call for that. There's a call for that typing that doing that type of a sound effect with your voice, but that's how you will know it is because of that break. Otherwise, if you'd like to avoid that and just hit high notes, um, ah, or you know, softly or loudly, ah, right, just open up a little bit and support it. Um, let's see. The next question is going to be: Is singing ability like a muscle that can be improved, or is it a gift? that you are born with. This is from Tom on. Yes and yes is the answer to that question. Right? The the answer is um, it is some it is like a muscle. As a matter of fact, it is a muscle controlling vocal cords or vocal flaps that can be improved with practice and with correct technology and tools and knowledge on how to practice that. And some people are born with it to this degree. This is the this is what it comes down to when you say something is born with it, right? People some people have naturally coming, you know, just basically naturally, they have a better recognition of the differences between frequencies and frequency separation. What that means is is that people have a different they have an ability to differentiate and then recreate um, specific frequencies as they are related to other frequencies, meaning they, are can they can hear and recreate different notes as they are related to other notes. La, 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 la. Okay, each one of those is a note compared to the other notes in that scale. So you have la, 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 la. Okay, those are not related. And therefore, um, they don't sound like singing. Okay, so... Some people are born with the the ability to recognize pitch and frequency and harmonies, um, just because it's just they have an ear for it to that degree, and that having the ear for it is essentially just um, all that comes down to is being able to differentiate between different frequencies and then being able to muscularly recreate those frequencies and then hear them as they are dedicated, right? So essentially what that means is, is that you hear a note and then you sing that note. So if you hear la and you want to recreate that, then you would know the tension in your voice and be familiar with the tension of the muscles in your throat to recreate that frequency. La. So if I sang la, you would be able to recreate la. Or you would start somewhere else and then work your way into that note. La. Now you recognize that your frequency matches. La. La. There it is. And you feel the tension. So you're able to control the tension in your throat and then recreate that note. So it's two parts recognizing the frequency and then 
recreating that frequency muscularly with the throat until you hear what you wanted to create or duplicate. Now, that means that, yes, it is muscle memory. Yes, it is like a muscle, okay? Just like you know exactly how much tension in your leg to lift uh, seven and a half inches to walk up a step, right? So you got a step, and I say the step usually from six to seven and a half inches, six to eight inches, usually right in between there. You'll, you'll know that that's what it is. Without looking, you can walk up the stairs because you, you know exactly how much muscle tension it takes from the top of your muscles and tensor muscles to pull your leg up and move it forward and put it down onto a step naturally because you've done it. Now, the first time you walked up steps, your parents had to hold your hands because you no idea, plus your body was smaller and you didn't really get into being able to do steps easily until you got to your full size and there you go, right? So that's the same with singing is once you get the familiarity and you get the reality and you get the concept of the how it feels to hit a note or to um, tense up or let loose, tense up to sing higher notes, let loose to sing lower notes, then that's how you can train you can train your voice to to do that to to to, to feel that matter of fact, on singingfromscratch.com, right? I have the third element of singing course called pitch. And these exercises from the ground up, singing from scratch, from the ground up, develop or help you develop the ability to recognize and then muscularly match pitch and then master pitch. There's a master pitch drill at the end of that course. And you can get as good as singing in tune as you want to. And it is all about learning how to use your throat muscles and voice muscles to do exactly what you're asking for in that question right there, which is, you know, as far as the muscle memory and the ability to, to, to sing with those muscles. And it can be improved as much as you want to improve it. I would like to make a note that you will never be a perfectly in-pitch, in-tune singer all the time. Nobody is. Perfection is unattainable. You cannot... There is no such thing as perfection on this planet in this physical universe, okay? You can get pretty doggone close, but it's never going to be exactly there, all right? I have another question here. Um, how do I have a powerful voice but not loud? That's air support. That is using your diaphragm. Um, below your stomach and uh, below your lungs, well, excuse me, below your lungs is your diaphragm. And your diaphragm is that muscle that lifts and drops or uh, lifts and drops to bring air in and out of your lungs so that you can breathe. Okay, it's always working. It's always doing its thing as long as you're breathing. Now, you can control that, obviously, and you control it when you're talking because you take breath in and then you will then use the diaphragm to slowly compress the air out of your lungs through your throat um, into your um, into your vocal cords, and then with your mouth and your singing, okay? Essentially, what that comes down to is singing powerfully or singing with power but not loud is another way of saying that is how you're using your voice. In other words, you are or how you're supporting your voice with air because it can sound weak. You're going la, 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 la. Even if I go into throat voice and I go down, and, and bring the resonance into my throat, la, 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 la. But if I'm not using a lot of air support to compress and make that sound like 
supported and more powerful is that's what you get. You get this weak sounding thing, right? So to have a more powerful la 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 Okay, now I didn't really go much louder. I just did take him take him breath and tighten the stomach muscles and tighten your diaphragm and give a lot of support to la 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 if I go into the different resonances, if I go down into the throat voice from the fourth element of singing, would be like La 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 la. So it's powerful. It has more power. La 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 la. I'm giving this more, um, more support instead of going la 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 la. Right, and that's how you get a more powerful sounding voice, but not loud. Right. Now, what is the best technique to sing high notes without cracking? Well. I've gone over this multiple times in different videos and so forth, and even into a previous podcast, but um, on how to sing high notes and how to belt and things like that. But the simple, the, the quick answer is just to open up, all right? To open up and allow the resonance, which is the sound that's bouncing back and forth, like we discussed earlier, to escape instead of backing out against the vocal cords and then creating that crack, because that's what that crack is, unless you're just going right out of your range and your 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 vocal cords uh, can't handle the tension at that higher range, which you can you can work that in. Like any muscle, you can work it out and get higher and higher and higher or lower and lower and lower. But that's how you do the singing, uh, you know, the best technique to singing high notes without cracking, and which was asked by um, Rad Capri, is to do that. You basically open up and allow the sound to escape and bounce out and escape the mouth as opposed to being constricted and having the sound just back, you know, reverberate and fight and bounce back against your vocal cords, creating more stress on the vocal cords to allow them to, uh, which, which then disallows them to creating the sound you want to create. Now, this is also um, how to avoid vocal strain. Okay, um, not particularly vocal fatigue. There's two different things. Vocal fatigue is you just saying too much and you just need to take a break. Vocal strain is straining the voice by fighting against the voice and not allowing the voice to then, uh, you know, do its do its thing, create the create the noise and create the sound and just, and just go for it. So, essentially, what you're doing when you when you when you close up your throat is you are creating a battle of sound waves inside your throat where they're going against each other, one in one direction, one in the other, like two arrows pointing at each other. Well, you need to turn one of those arrows and have them both pointing out together. And that you do that by, by opening up when you hit those high notes to open up and allow that sound to escape instead of bouncing back against your throat. All right, well, that's pretty much all I'm going to do for this podcast episode of Singing from Scratch with Michael Graves. Don't forget to um, follow and uh, so you can do, you can uh, get even future podcasts and podcast episodes and see when they're coming out and so forth and so on. Check out the YouTube channel, Singing from Scratch. Uh, check out the Facebook page, Singing from Scratch. I have the book. Um, it's on Amazon. It's like five bucks or something like that that gives you all the techniques that are in my online courses. But if you want to take an online course and have me teach you personally by video and questions and so forth and so on, then go to www.singingfromscratch.com and check out the online courses. You can take them one element at a time of the six elements of singing, or you can take the whole course and give you all the tools that you need to become the singer that you want to be. 
Okay, until next time, thank you very much for listening. My name is Michael Graves. This is Singing from Scratch, learning how to sing with Michael Graves. Adios.